Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 437. Thanks for tuning in again, guys. Last week's guest was Tom Davies. This week's guest is Tom Davis. Um, and he's a returning guest. You know how rare I do returning guests other than the drunk cast idiots. But um, I bloody love Tom. Tom came on back in 2015, I think we decided it was. So ages ago, like the, in within the first hundred or so episodes. And um, yeah, I, I'd seen a Murder in Successville and it had blown me away, the first season, and it had blown me away. So good. So, so I got him on and we had a chat and we proper hit it off. And he's become a pal, which is lovely, but he's done a lot since then. So we needed to catch up on as much of it as we could. So we talk a bit of Wolf and Owl. We talk about The Curse, which is his amazing new show with basically all the lads, most of the lads from People Just Do Nothing. And that's available to stream now on uh, on all four. And it's fantastic. When we had this chat, it wasn't out yet and I'd only watched the first episode because I got a preview. Literally the day it came out, I binged all of it because <laughs> it's just great. So yeah, I highly recommend that. We... Uh, we talk about that. We talk about his Wolf and Our podcast with Ramesh. We talk about loads of stuff, really. We didn't really get a chance to talk about much about Paddington or he's in the new Wonka film, which sounds amazing. The cast looks insane. We didn't get to talk about I shouldn't be listing what we didn't talk about. It's a lovely chat. And if you didn't hear the first one all the way back, way back when, go back and listen to that because I only f- found out in this chat that yeah, or I found out how few people were covering him back then and Murder and Successful back then. So, yeah, go and check that out. It's really good fun, and I think you'll enjoy it. And, if, you know, I've had Hugo and Seeper from People J- Just Do Nothing on. I've had Seeper on twice. Um, I've had Steve Stamp on. They're all in The Curse. Um, is there anyone else in The Curse I've had on? There probably is, but I can't think of anyone. So, yeah. There's some good previous episodes to go in and check out. And I've had Ramesh on. He was one of the first people I had on. But he's also been on for two different drunk casts. So if you're a Wolf and Owl fan and a Rom fan, um, then go and check out both of the drunk casts that involved Brett Goldstein and Ramesh Ranganathan. Um, they're good episodes and he gets rather embarrassingly messy. Yeah. Let's get into the podcast. I should mention, as always, that we're brought to you by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. You can head to the website and get all that good, good. Patreon.com forward slash Scroobius Pip. I've been revealing this week I've recorded just three of the best podcasts I've ever done. And I gave a little preview over at Patreon of one of them. Because one of them, not only is it the best, it's probably the biggest. Um, And I gave a little preview over at had a little secret patron gang so to get things like that for just a dollar a month the the idea is is you subscribe and you forget about it and then every now and then a little treat pops up you're not l- losing loads out your bank account but if enough of you do it then we can do some good stuff with the money so yeah that's everything i need to tell you about this is episode 437 of the distraction pieces podcast with the return of the man the myth the legend some call him Big Tom. I call him the wonderful, my friend, Tom Davis. Hello, 
Here we are. I'm here today with Tom Davis. How are you, man? Very well, brother. Very well. Very happy to be back. It's exciting. It's been a long time. I was, I was looking and you were on in 2015. You know, it, this is, I was talking yesterday to uh, Stu, or no, Tuesday to Stu, and I was saying yeah. that was, like I think, the only bit of press I did for Murder and Successful. Like when Madness, it first came out, it? I think that was like the first. I was all over it. I just adored I know. It's it. It's insane. Yeah. And it's like mental to think that, you know, where we sit today, that was like, I did so little press for that series. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, as we were just talking then about the little round table things you do and that sort of stuff where it's sort of like really like, so sometimes you, you can tell people haven't even watched the show. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty kind of cool that sort of, that, and you know, me and you obviously subsequently have sort of like sparked a friendship and yeah, we have like, a, we're same sort of like sort of group of mates that we have. It's sort of like a crazy thing, man. But yeah, it's, yeah. um, it's really weird. I, um, Sipa, me and Super have a joke about it because that was like the first interview interview that I'd ever really done. And it was yeah. the first podcast I'd ever done. Yeah. Right? So when I go back and listen to it, I'm like, oh my God, I sound like I'm trying to be so profound and so intelligent. <laughs> and Super, like, Super literally, like, because Super then went, I think Alan, like, Super did, did it with you as well, right? Yeah. So yeah, he yeah, went yeah. back and he was like, oh shit, Tom did one. Let me listen to what Tom had to say for himself. Oh, and then brilliant. he literally doubled he was like ruining me for it but i'm like it was it was like a weird thing because it's like oh shit like this guy i loved your stuff as i talked about last time and yeah. like, and i was like knew you and i like was so it was a but it was the first time i was ever talking about my career i'd never talked yeah. about it before yeah. on any sort of medium and it's now become kind of the probably the most told story that you have to do with it coming from working yeah. on the on the sites and all this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that was kind of, I got you when you were f- fresh on that and not bored on the, yeah, so I worked on building sites and then I... <laughs> it's, it, the, the, the thing about it, every time we do a show, I would say to um, sort of people sort of booking it, like my my people and wanky to say PRP weather, I would say, oh, yeah, maybe we won't talk about the building site thing. And then yeah. everyone wants to. And then you sort of, then the thing is that you kind of go, I suppose it is a, hell of a journey do you know what I mean yeah. I, I it's should a hold journey. that and it's, yeah. and it's 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 funny you mentioned Stu because I'm sure after we had that chat and I was walking you out because I was recording at XFM then yeah, and yeah. I was walking you out and I'm sure I said I've got a mate of mine who you'd get on with so well yeah. and it was my mate Stu so when it but when I heard you were going to be doing off the beaten track, I was like, "Oh man!" And and, and again, years on, Stu's always going on about how much of a fan he is of you and all that. So oh, I was mate, like, I, I thought you likewise. two had proper hit it off. Like I tell you, I just did the off, off the beaten track with him, and uh, like it, it was on one of those days where it was like back to back press, and it, like I was getting texts from like publicity at Channel Four going. Are you still? And I'm like, I could could have sat there all day because, like, you were talking about music and it's a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant podcast. But then you sort of let at the end of it, he just starts chatting about MMA, and obviously, you yeah. know, I'm a big fan. Yeah. So then you're like, oh shit, like, oh fuck, yeah, yeah, like, like we're chatting about boxing. I'm like, you know, I, I think that's the, the joy of a podcast, really, Pip. Like, I think that's the thing I love the most is that they're proper conversations. Yeah. They're proper like conversations. Yeah. You know, it's like wow, like. Uh, of everything I do, like the the Wolf and Owl is just like I'm blessed, blessed to 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 make shows and films and and but like how primitive and how easy it is just to sit with Rom issues like 
my brother I love with all my heart, you know, just to sit with him and just for an hour a week, you just outload your problems and you chat and you're like, you know, you were one of the first guys to be doing that, you know, yeah, and yeah, it, like yeah. one of the, you know, and look at, I was, as I said to Stu, I was like, that's, it's what it's amazing to see like where that, cause at that, it was just distraction pieces really. It wasn't like, you, yeah. and then from there, it's like, you've built up this whole like industry, like a brand of like these. And, yeah, and like, you know, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's been fairly mad, but me and Stu are looking at starting a new podcast soon. And part of it is hearing things like Wolf and Owl and that, where it's, as you say, it's catching up, up with a mate every week and we've got yeah. more of a specific format and that, but I like, I love doing distraction pieces, but on this, I do a, sh- a shitload of prep. I'm making yeah. sure I know what I'm bringing up and all of this. Whereas I know that doing one with Stu, although we'll have a topic, it will just be, should, should we do one tomorrow night? Yeah, all right. Yeah. I'll come around yours and then it's, just have a lovely evening. It's a joyous thing, you know, and, and like we're nearly a hundred episodes in, I think. And yeah. like, and it has just been, and like when I say, and, and like, I've never written a bit or I've never prepped. I literally every like week or twice a week, we will tune in together. And I know Rom's the same. We'll just sit there and it will just from nothing. You, you, we've had massive arguments where we've had like hundreds of people get in touch. And we've, we've, we've like had these amazing moments of sort of this, our friendship growing. And, yeah. and like, you know, it's been like a real, like incredible journey. And, and like one that it's it's a weird thing to say without sounding really worthy and an absolute fucking prick, but um, like when you help it, like the sometimes when when you we do the help bit, and we're not neither of us. I have to sort of say now, neither of us are sort of like trained professionals in that, you know. But we've got a bit of experience in life, I guess. But when you yeah. when you help someone and you get an email, a follow up email, and that what you've told them has somehow worked, it's like wow, that's. Mate, you've had a bearing on someone's life. It's one of the weird things that I learned early on, but pe- but I didn't really know when starting podcasts is they're a real intimate and and, and vulnerable yeah. place as such. Because people, it's not l- l- like the TV the, or, or even the radio the, the, that you just have on in the background. No. If you're listening to a podcast, you've normally chosen to put it on. It's yeah. normally in your headphones. You're normally on your own. It's not, again, like you don't have loads of people who are like, or meeting up to have a listen to a podcast. That no, sounds no. like a horrible evening. But um, no, but then couples do. You know, that's yeah, the thing yeah, you find. Yeah, I yeah, find that yeah. like, oh, me and my other half sit and listen to it. And yeah. I, I now listen to like numbers, like different ones when I'm like like feeding the baby, or if I'm taking her out for a walk, I'll just stick to one. It. They are, and I, I, th- I think that's the thing about it. I think that I think the ones that have survived the test of time, like yours, are personal, and they're yeah. they're, they're not. There's there, uh, there was a real time when. Everyone was trying to, everyone was like, like anything, they're like, oh, like, there's a sort of like lucrative market potential podcasts. And I, at the time, I was getting loads of people coming to me and just saying, oh, we could do this or we could do that. And and it, all of them had a financial implication. Like, I did one with Joe Cole, right? I, mm. for, for Coral, there was a company making that. And me and Joe had a natural chemistry. We got on really, really well. We had a real, like, laugh together. And whenever we had someone who came in the studio, me and Joe found it really easy. And Joe, uh, Joe's a dear friend now, and I, I love Joe to bits. But what happened was the production was trying to over format and overly push this, mm-hmm. and it really didn't. It did so it didn't latch on. Like at the same yeah. time, I'm, I'm doing this, but I'm doing the Wolf and Owl, and the Wolf and Owl is literally just two mates chatting. And on the other side, you've got someone trying to construct something and push this thing. The beauty of not having a big big production team and that behind it is exactly what what we've had with this you text me earlier saying oh can we push it back half hour yeah, yeah i yeah. said yeah cool 
Whereas if there's a big, if it's this big oh, production, man. it's like no, it's this this thing that's it becomes a chore. Whereas I'm sure I'm sure with you and Rom, there's loads of that kind of. Oh, Mate, let's do it tomorrow after all, or let's let's push it to here or push it to there. It's like we, we've done that throughout the whole thing. We'll turn around and Rom will be like, you know, because because yeah, we're busy guys and we we're, we're like busy in what we do, and Rom will just say, oh, I can't do Sunday. Let's do Monday more. And that, there's been times when we've gone right. I'm filming, he's filming, we have to try and both get up at 6am on a Monday or Tuesday. I think we've only missed one week since we've done it and, and we took a, the week off for Christmas. But it's given me, weirdly, it sounds, a stra- it sounds dramatic. Like when the, like COVID first kicked in, Rom mm. and me were talking every day because like, it was like a massive change to us from being busy. And like, and then we that fell into a place where we started doing these Instagram lives. And then, like, there was so there was times where, like, I really struggled. My mental health, I really struggled. Like, early on in, in during sort of the pandemic, I really struggled for sort of a sense of who I was when, like, it sounds again like you, you sort of fall into a place of just being like this sort of like showbiz, but like when you're not, your life isn't writing all the time or acting or being on stage. You're like, who am, like, who am I when I'm indoors 24 yeah. hours a day? Who yeah. am I in this house? Who, 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 who do I, you know? Because I'm used to being away, I'm used to being out, I'm used to sort of, and and I sort of struggled with sort of finding my sort of place with that really, and and you know, but subsequently through through doing the, the podcast and and having that thing that oh that's you no, know, we did those Instagram lives every day for two months mm. at six p.m. We did that, and we had that was something you worked towards, and you go all right, I've got a little structure here, yeah, 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 and yeah. I think it's but podcasts are just I don't know I I find the I think that's the one rule that we made is always be honest on it, always try and be. You, yeah, if you're down, if you're feeling shit, you know, these, the last few weeks, Romesh is talking about his hangover, you know, and then you start, that goes into sort of talking about your own struggles with alcohol or whatever. And yeah. and I think like to, they could be, there's a very earnest place to sort of, like, I love them. I, th- I think, I remember when I first getting into them and thinking I was commuting or I was on long trips and I was thinking these are just great. Yeah, and you, yeah. you know, listening, and the amount you learn about people, humanity, yeah, it's just it's, it's boundless. And 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 you're two people who, as soon as I heard you were doing a podcast together, I was like, that's perfect because you're two people who I could talk to at any point for any length of time. I feel, oh, you, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of it's really natural and 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 comfortable. Like having a Ramesh on the drunk casts in the past again. Oh man, I love those. we we do select them kind of carefully because it's like right, we want people who we're all going to be relaxed around and all have a yeah. laugh around, and that's. That's kind of the perfect combination. The worst thing, the, the worst thing about podcasts is someone trying too hard, and then yeah. throwing to the just drunk guys is someone trying too hard who's leathered. Yeah, like, that yeah, would be yeah, like, yeah. That's like your worst guest at a wedding. Exactly. At a, a stag do, it'll, it's the worst person. It'll be an absolute nightmare, and 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 we don't do many like dr- drunk casts with g- g- guests, but I get asked a lot, and I always have a list of people. I've got all of. Seeper yeah. and Hugo and that lot all yeah. on the list. You're on the list of all this kind of these people that if we do more, these are the people we'd that yeah, would man. fit in that would fit. You yeah. know what I mean? Rather than you it being like, it's like it's a slot or a spot on a TV show. Especially or whatever, with that you. drunk man. Especially with that one, right? You have to like we talk a lot about this. It's like a stag do, man. Yeah. Like what you grow up with eight. Like you realize the social dynamics of men when they're drunk. Yeah. Yeah, it's really like spending a lot of time looking around and going, "Who is going to be the guy who's going to try? Yeah, yeah, who's going to try and take this thing over?" What you realise is actually, you know, my stag do was mad. I had like mates from TV, I had mates from scaffolding, I had mates from home, from football. It was like blokes, guys from every walk of life. 
Love and it. it was so big and so crazy. But then there was those people who were trying to sort of stand out from the crowd and sort of like, you know, and what, what ensued is like, you sort of think like, shit, if I was ever going to do anything like this again, I'd probably keep this, this, this quite small and quite, yeah. you know, cause you never got enough, it's like, you know, you never got enough time to respend any time with anyone. You're constantly, you know, and I think actually getting drunk in your forties is more about a tight table yeah. sitting there, enjoying the company, enjoying the, ta- you know, it's a weird thing like now looking at like when we were filming a curse and I think we talked about this when, when I was when, when I was on before and because uh, I think I was living with Neil Maskell in Bermondsey when we did 2015 yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. um so I drank in a lot and used a lot of the same sort of bougies as you did but like they're all gone now man yeah. and like when we were filming in so we're filming in Liverpool and and like in like these old boozers that we're sort of like making 80s and everything and you're like fuck man like everything I know about life and everything I I learned in places like this, and like that makes me feel a bit like a dinosaur because they're going now. You know, yeah. they're they're, yeah. they're not going to be here in in like ten years. It would be like there'll be like a museum that people will go around and people go, oh, I can't believe yeah. you used to go it's, to places like this. It's one of the beautiful things about Edgar Wright's f- film last year, uh, last night in Soho, yeah, was yeah, yeah. he was proper. All of his other projects went on hold because he suddenly realised they're changing Soho and I need to make a film yeah. in the Soho that has been the Soho for, for decades. Man, that's the most heartbreaking thing. <laughs> Before it's gone. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's made this beautiful passion project of a film, but it's completely true. There's so many of these things that not long, you, you've worked on loads of different pr- pr- productions, N- not long, you're going to have to walk onto a complete, you know, yeah. a, a, a studio to, yeah. to to have an old pub or whatever you can't Mate, just go and look at these places and well, or you and shoot out of London you yeah. have to shoot out of London yeah like yeah we shot even like five four or five years ago we shot the teaser for uh the curse it was like a different place there man it was like East London East London Soho though we can go back to that like you know so when I was scaffolding Soho it was like this sort of like place that you sort of just felt like Man, like a kind of Narnia vibe because it was like you stepped out just a little bit either any way, you know, Oxford yeah. Street, uh, going down into Leicester Square, and you've got like you know everything is commercialism, right? It's neon and right? yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's Starbucks, it's McDonald's, it's da da da. But Soho was this fucking incredible place, and like yeah. you know, used to like love going and watching a racing in. in um, I don't think it's there now. The booze are oh, just. You've got um, the Jon Snow and you've got a little square there just off Berwick Street. And as you're coming yeah, down, yeah, yeah. there's this tiny little boozer that used to do like cheese and ham rolls and all that. I can't remember. Brilliant. It's terrible. I can't remember the name. But you used to have horse racing in there. So you used to finish a day on the tools and go next. Soho felt like Croydon or like, like it felt like kind of like weirdly at like home. Although you had all the TV and all that sort of like, you know, the sort of like craziness, whatever. Soho was, there, it just felt like they had those small boozers that you could tuck yourself up in yeah. and it just, you know, the, otherwise you just end up in the Nelly Dean all the time and it's just sort of like, yeah. it's crazy, like, it's that's a beautiful, that's the beautiful thing, I think, and and even now when you walk around and you're like, I think when you see like, you see like Wagamamas and you've got this amazing part of Soho's like, you know, ramens and like, like original, like best, the, the Thai food that's been there that's proper, like people have started it years ago yeah. and all of a sudden you've got queues outside Wagamamas and you've yeah. got Wasabi and you've got fucking Nando. I mean, I met my wife in Nando's in Soho, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's a crazy thing. And it, yeah, yeah, that film's beautiful for that because it is a world that's sadly... But I think that about everything, Scrooge. I'm like, I look around now and I'm like, 
I, I, it makes me fucking feel sad because I love the late nineties and I feel yeah. broken hearted that it's a world that it's just, I don't know. I just think, you know, like that weird thing of like, I don't know if you ever think this of like mobile phones were just at a place where they were just, they were, they were, they did, they, they were really helpful. They were really good to have, but they were yeah. nothing more than just a place to text or call someone. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, pubs, life, London, England growing. Do you know what I mean? We were in a place where, you know, so economically we were a growing nation, you yeah. know, um, and it all turned to shit within not too long, but there was just yeah. a period where you're like, oh, fuck, we feel like we've got this thing sorted. Yeah. And it just, I think like when I look back there, I go, yeah, they were they were the happiest times. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, I, I mean, I want to talk about the curse, which has got a lot of, of, of nostalgic things to discuss there. But before we move on from War For Now... I was going to have you and Rom on here to talk about it, and we never managed to to make it happen because you two are so busy. But um, you're, you know, one of the most c- celebrated talents at the moment, on screen, off screen. You're writing, you're producing, you're doing everything. Ramesh is obviously absolutely everywhere. You know, you can't turn on the TV without seeing him. So, 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 what made you choose a podcast title that didn't have either of your fucking names in? That's For clearly that, a massive. Yeah brand the rom and tom show anything anything would be easy you know what, what wolf for now again it's turned out hugely successful so obviously i'm joking but as no, soon no, as no, i but, saw it i was like why haven't you put your fucking names in it you're massive stars i think it says more about me and rom than anything else <laughs> that either of us have ever done and i think that we, we've both got this really weird imposter syndrome we both like like rom is like a rock for me in my life he yeah. like you know i constantly we constantly text each other if you saw mine and rom's texts they're they're very like constantly worried about you know are we doing this good enough are we doing that good enough can we do so like the insane thing is like we and this is we talked about this on a podcast but it's you know i think we did like 30 pilots man genuinely like like, what is this thing gonna be it's like and all the time we're doing that we then just be calling each other afterwards and making each other laugh or he'd be like take the piss out of me or i'll be whatever and and then it was just literally but we were so worried that what we were going to put out wouldn't be good enough and it wouldn't be something that and and so it, when it came to a point of like what we're going to call this thing it's like we well, you know let's just go with i was just like let's just go to wolf and owl yeah obviously i'll be the wolf you'll be the owl and uh let's just try that and uh <laughs> and we and one was like cool and it, i i think it was more of a fact of like not like now it feels like really like you know we get tons of people messaging from like the the animal the wolf and owl pack or whatever yeah. and they'll call themselves animals names and genuinely i think it was i I think it was deep down i think it was both of us were like let's do this thing you know like an arm's length and just see how it goes and it's like and i I mean this it's one of the things i'm proudest of in 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 my life i i i I, I simply adore robesh i I, as a human being i think he's one of my closest friends he's like a brother yeah and uh, i get quite my own good much but um uh he's he's you know to do this with him and something so simple and it but it, it's you can't help but sound a bit like i say worthy or wanky it feels like it's helped people here and there and people have listened to it and 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 get what we're about and and we're never trying to be anything but who, who we are and, and like for me anyway like scrub i think like, i made a real deal with myself and the like you know like when i started this business i wanted to be a character actor that's all i wanted to be I, you know I, yeah. that i did stand up but on screen i just wanted to I'd be play characters and like the most earnest version of myself is always going to be that podcast now. It's, I, don't, I don't see a place where I'm going to do too much stuff as Tom Davis now. I've sort yeah. of like, you, you try things. I think it's important in life to, to dip your toe in and go, does that work? Does that work? But 
with the wolf now, I'm like, oh, I can be funny being me here with Romesh in a really safe space. Yeah. And he can, and, and, and it feels like it's just, yeah. And, and you know, I, you know, to be really like, I think at there's times where Romesh is really just, he accommodated, like he, he, he's a, like, you know, I say he's so close, we're so close, but then there's times when he'll push something for, to get the funny out of what I'm doing. Like where yeah. usually I might just go, oh, I'll just leave it there. He'll push that, the, you know, because he'll know where the funny is a little bit more sometimes. And I've not even logged what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the joy of the, that pod, man. I love it. Well, well, speaking of, of, of characters, you, your character in the curse is amazing. I've, I've seen the first episode and I fucking loved it. Um, but I want to rewind all the way back. Cause this has been, people don't realize the journeys of shows and projects because no. you guys have been working on this for a minute i remember it was something like four or five years ago i yeah, met yeah. up with with your guys at the production company about a script i had i was, I was, I was sh- shopping about that you guys liked and back then they were saying oh we're working on this new thing with hugo yeah. and seeper and 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 this lot and it's finally here how's that journey been i guess of of because that was also that was early days of you guys producing stuff and, yeah. and and finding stuff right so it must feel like a really personal project I, f- I think everything you have to try and make a person i think that's the thing we found out through running the company is that you have to every single thing you make i think when we were first starting out for like to go back before we talk about the like the company it was like you know the first thing we, we were making was like that final, I think two series of murder and successful. The final series was like just a shiny button production. And mm-hmm. that was like the most, the most personal show I'll, I'll ever, you know, that was everything that was, a, you know, that was, you know, the calling card of everything that we did. And then we made action team and action team was like a real, it's a really weird one with action team because I, I always deem it as like this sort of second album that didn't quite work. And actually when I look at like the ratings we got and actually how many people watched it, it's pretty much what, People, amount of people are watching anything that you could talk about on television now but we because yeah. we came off the back of something like murder and successful and yeah. then went on to king gary which were two like successive like yeah action yeah. team but actually when i go back and watch it i learned more on action team that you'll see on the curse than i ever did on any of the other things it's exactly what i was going to say i was watching the curse and i was thinking there's so much of this that it's the best bits of action team or, yeah, yeah, or the yeah. best elements of action team yeah, that are there. That satire, that looking at taking a genre and turning it on its head. Yeah. But but the so but when we started a company, you're sort of in a place where you're like, all right, you know, we, we started this company, we started off the back of Murder and Successful. But from the start, I only have, I personally, all I wanted to do was work with people that felt like they were from where I'm from, people that I could, I had an emotional connection with. But then, yeah. you know, you're in a position where you've got a, You've, you know, you've got a big company that backing you, so all of a sudden they're like asking you to do other shows. Or to, you know, you've been sometimes your your attention can get pulled away from doing the stuff that maybe you really want to make and you really want to do. And a few times, I think early on we were like, oh fuck, like you know, our USP, you know, at that point wasn't as clear as it is now. Mm-hmm. And now I look at television, I look at everything I do, and I go, yeah, you have to make the best possible stuff. You have to, you have to care about it. You have to. There's, there's no point in the world in in any. See, in anything you do in life and just spreading yourself too thin and looking at stuff and going, oh, right, that number one, never back anything to go, oh, that's going to be successful. That will just, you're primarily looking at saying, going, oh, that's just going to be the winner. That's going to be the thing that smashes it. Yeah. You know, you have to look at stuff and be like, if I'm going to make this for five years, is this going to be fun? Am I going to enjoy every second of it? Yeah. Am, am I going to be creatively fulfilled by that? It, it, yeah. You know, and that's the thing I think with, we were, we found out in that time. And, and with the boys, it was like, I when I first saw people it was just nothing. I, I was obsessed with it. I just thought it was it was 
one of the best things I've ever seen on television. The characters are so drawn so vividly. I think that the story arcs that the guys came up with are, are, are brilliant. And, and I just, and I, we, when I first met that SEPA, we were at a, one of these sort of TV event things and we just found each other. And I was, we were sort of, he was saying about murder and successful. I was saying about people just enough in. And we, he's from around the corner from where I'm literally from like 10 miles within each other. He's from Chessington. I'm from Sutton. Uh, so we know each other. We knew, knew each. We knew we had similar backgrounds, and then yeah. you know from that you know got to know Asim and and then Steve and Hugo. And whenever we be at any sort of TV or, or events or like award ceremonies, we'd always gravitate to them. And then I did a short film with Sepa and me and James at this time. We're like, what is the next thing? Like action team hasn't smashed it, but we we've learnt so much from that. We have yeah. to like, you know, And I say this, we like it's a really easy thing to get bogged down with with like any kind of failure especially like when what we do because it's mm-hmm. always in the, it's always in, in the public eye you're always going to like it's like you know and failure is only really detrimental to yourself and to your work if if you don't learn from it yeah and so with action team we were always like right the next thing we do we know this this and this from action team we knew that we spread ourselves too thin with too many characters too much going on we have to be concise with what we write and if we're going to you know so the next thing we wanted to do is like Hatton Garden had happened and we were like, how do we get into sort of this sort of thing? And then, yeah. you know, we scroll, scroll back. Everyone was making Hatton Garden. So we went back to sort of like the birth of armed robberies, the birth of that sort of crime, which is the eighties. And, and, and while that's all happening, you know, me and Sipa are having chats about me and Sipa wanting to do something together. And then Hugo, you know, we, in that little band of me, Jack, me and James and them, it just grew. And it was sort of quite quick that, this felt like, oh, wow, this could be the thing that we can collaborate on. And, and you know, it's mad as well because, like, Sipa, again, is just someone that we'd done this short film together and uh, it ended up being, like, this mad story where Drake got obsessed with this film. Like, he right. thought me and Sipa were actual, like, road men. Um, then he got really upset because he found out we are just a pair of goofballs from someone. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, sorry. That's uh, fucking but amazing. He, um, but yeah, when I was working with Sipa, I was just like, yeah, he was just like so much fun. And I just was like, oh, their sensibilities that they find within what we make, it's exactly the same as ours. Or, or, or that's what really excited me watching The Curse or even just seeing, again, I swear I follow everyone who's had any involvement in this show <laughs> on, on, on Instagram. Because I was seeing, like when that first poster came out or whatever, yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. that was my whole feed. Um, yeah. But um the thing that excited me watching it was it's got the essence of what I love about all of you guys, like personally, yeah, yeah. but it's it's not the characters you've done before. There was a period yeah. before I knew Sipa that it felt like there was a few projects potentially being shopped around with those boys that felt like it was trying to be the new people just do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or though not far enough from those characters yeah. for it to feel... Like, like, how's that going to work? You can't just keep doing. Well, again, it's it's a big thing in in UK, particularly in in yeah, um, man. in these things. But yeah, it's a big thing to keep doing the same style thing and make slight tweaks. Tweaks, but I always saw it. And again, I didn't know those boys at that point. I was like, they're too talented to just keep doing man. versions of or knockoffs of this amazing thing that they've made. Yeah, that's why think- as soon as I started to see the pictures of of Hugo in his little hat. Yeah, and just looking man. just amazing and and Sipa with his little moustache and all that. I was like, this is the one. This is it. This yeah, is, man. you know. Look, look, let me just say that their talent is, uh, you know, is fun, it's, they're phenomenal. They, 
dedication to making a show. And I, that, I mean, I've not mentioned see. Steve here as well. And oh, Steve man. came on the podcast and I was worried about how that would go because he hadn't really done any press as no. him. One of the, the best guys to talk to, easiest man, conversations I've ever had, no, and an amazing writer and, and creative, you know. No, they're, they're, they're all, the three of them are just like, I, I couldn't speak hardly. But, you know, it's easy to sort of, I think, you know, I think we live in, we work in an industry that the snobbery can sometimes be a part of it, and it'd have been really easy just to sort of like watch people just do nothing and think, oh, you know, which is an incredible sort of juggernaut success, and think that they're oh they're just playing themselves. And I think that's yeah. that's is a really easy to thing to to do that. And I think their dedication, the three of them, to, to make sure these characters that they're playing are completely different was is is awesome, man. And there's like. I've, I've been fortunate to work with so many different people in this industry of many different levels. And those three are just, you know, they're, they're I always think you want to make, work with people who are going to make you better and you, you know, you bring your best, your A game. And, and that, that's what they were doing every day. And they were constantly from the moment we started, I like, you know, my thing was always like, I, I can't, I've done Gary now for three years <laughs> and that whilst that's great, but you know, I, I want to do something that's completely different from that. I want to be like, out there from where Gary is and and they all came to to this with the same attitude and the amount of time that we you know you say it's five years I think four or five years we've had this thing in development and all that time has been sculpting these guys so when you see them on stage a lot of work done weirdly like through lockdown where we spent so much time together so there was a natural banter to that to our relationship with them you know anyway you know and actually weirdly as the characters sort of formed like that they're those three are that little bit closer and mix sort of a bit of an outsider in a sense but yeah he's their their family but he's a bit of an outsider which is basically how how it works with with us in a sense but you know their 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 talent is you know for story for for constantly like finding the funny for like going it going over the script which me and james have done in everything we've ever done but we'd all just be we meticulously be going through that script and they're just i mean seeper as a lead man to to do what he does in this series is you know it's completely different from anything that grinder is it's completely yeah. like, it's, it's a whole different character it's like it's almost like the juxtaposition of of who uh grinder is you know he's sort of like the cowardly the weak one of it all and and you watch him and and make but when you see seeper do his his stuff it's fucking phenomenal like he really is like he's a lead man and you're like wow you sit and like for me it's like i love doing gary right yeah but i love playing this eccentric weirdo on the outskirts of stuff like sleep was everything to me because sleep was just a bit off the wall and i am but i was gonna say get Gary is the closest to you you've played, and I yeah. mean literally geographically, and yeah, the yeah. people you grew up around, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So that's why I was excited when you walked on screen in this. I was like, "Oh, hello! Oh man! Oh, hello! We're back to the extremes of sleep and the extremes yeah. of things like that." Yeah, you know? Logan and, and Flat, yeah. all the things that I enjoy doing, and I think that's like that. That was some personal choice on the basis that I was like, I need to test myself now at a point in my career where. I have to like step it up as an actor and who better to do that with than, than these three. And like, you know, man, fucking Steve, man, like for the series, you're just constantly like, he's so mannered. He's so, everything's so well thought out. He's, his performance, like in episode two, like, you know, is just like, you know, I, I, I was on set watching him just thinking, you're just like, you know, it sounds a bizarre thing to say about any of us because none of us have trained. But, you know, all of us, like, you're going, fuck these guys. All of us have never trained as actors, never trained as writers, but we're all here doing this thing. And that's what I think we're all like. We're all very, like, we identified quite early that this would there would be a lot of 
everyone looking at this. It's coming. It's coming together. And and knowing all of our backgrounds and and where we come from, it it's like we have to do this properly, and we have to do this to the best of our ability. Yeah. But also, we all have to step this up. We have to step the writing up. We have to step the values up. James, the best thing James ever directed for me. He's just yeah. his vision in this has been incredible. Yeah. But all of us came to the 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 plate with that vision. And like, man, Steve, Steve's like emotional connection to how he plays Sydney is just beautiful. And and fucking Hugo is man, Hugo is just like you sometimes think that he, he, I don't know, he's almost like the Neymar or like some fucking shit like that because you yeah. sometimes think that he's not really I remember like this is a really wanky thing to say, but uh I met I, I did an interview with Thierry Henry and I said I remember Thierry Henry playing against West Ham and he scored a hat trick in this game, right? But in the second half he, yeah. he, first half he hardly he was didn't hardly touch the ball. Second half, he was like he scored this amazing hat trick and he was incredible. Go back and watch it, phenomenal, right? And I said to him, "Was first half you just couldn't get into the game, or you were just like what? Like it looked like you weren't that bothered." And he was like, um, "I'll try and do a bad French accent, sleet esque French accent." And he said, <laughs> um, "The first half I was just working the game out, and then I knew when I would attack." And when I watch Hugo, it's like sometimes you're like. He's just working out where he's going to fucking launch something that's going to be like like impro with Hugo and the stuff that you, you'll see in episode two and episode. Uh, I think nearly every episode going forward, actually, there's bits. You're like, it's just this weird thing where you're like, fucking hell, he's just like, he's just got something. They, all, yeah, they all have. It's genuinely. You see it in MMA every now and then when there's those oh, fighters. You spend the first round just downloading. Yeah, all, all they're yeah, doing yeah, is yeah, figuring yeah, yeah. it out, and then they come out the second round. It's like. Oh my god! They know yeah. everything. This so, person that was is the other do. night. Fucking uh, when we asked test messaging you. Yeah, not the main event. Who was before them? Oh, fucking my brother. I've got baby brain. But no, I, yeah, I can't um, think. There, there was exactly that thing. The first yeah. round, I'm like, he's not in this fight. fight. Second round, he comes out. He's absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's completely that, downloaded it. Right. It's a beautiful thing, man. He's yeah. They're it. like genuinely like you know, and it has to be said as well. They're like you know, they've been easy to sort of like. Just be the new like they, but they really like it was you know because James is directing, so he's sort of like he's he's got that sort of crew with him, and he's doing his thing, and they constantly you know Sepa would be like, well, if you you know don't ever sit on your own, and I was going through quite a hard time sort of emotionally with like you know I was having we're having a baby, I'm sort of mm-hmm. there's a lot of other stuff going on, and and like you know it has to be said like there's three guys that they're constantly they're checking on you that I I couldn't be you know, speak highly of them as, as men as well, you know, three really top guys who just... Um, yeah, completely. Yeah. It's, it's it's really interesting what you said about them being, about Sipa in particular, about his character being almost the polar opposite of Grinder. And it's really interesting because in acting, they always tell you, you've got to like find the bits of you in these characters. Because yeah, yeah. I think Grinder and his character in The Curse, I'm, I've, I've only watched the first episode, so yeah. I can't remember anyone's names yet. But... um. They both, I can see the seeper in both of them. Man, they both feel exactly like seeper, but they're completely different as characters. Yeah. So that's just amazing acting. I can see so much of him, yeah. yet he's in these two different characters that couldn't be further apart. But it's a li- like, what's amazing is like he's, you know, he's a leading man. Like yeah. he, you know, I think he will be now for, for, for you know, and he's like, he's got a twinkle in his eye. He's got this sort of vibe about him that is like, yeah, you know. Like sort of, you know, me and Steve are playing these sort of like strange weirdos who are sort of lingering <laughs> on to him. But and I think me and Steve love that. But um, but yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, he he's a he's a talented, talented guy. And uh, I I mean, the f- funniest I like the Albert side of 
Sifa. I like that sort of hypochondriac yeah. and the sort yeah. of like, you know. And he is, you know, he's like fucking the guy. He, he, like, I've always taken it like a real pride in knowing everyone on set, getting on with everyone on set, having a laugh with everyone on set. He's like, you know, if it's someone's birthday, he's like, right, we all have to do something for this person's birthday. Yeah. You know, a cake. I, and, you know. I literally, I got both of those sides of Sifa in one voice message. I messaged him <laughs> after watching the first episode saying it's amazing. And I got the more grinder version which is the way we tend to talk back and forth because yeah, yeah, we're yeah. both into our rap and whatever so oh yeah sick bruv that's really good and then at the end just going um where did you see it like have you got a copy like suddenly panicked i'm like mate it's all right i'm doing i'm having tom on the pod they've sent me a preview as if i've, I've got some snidey leak and it's going to be a, a problem now but it was just a slight waver of panic in his voice at the end just going oh sick no that's really good but yeah, yeah, how yeah, did yeah. you how did you get get hold of? <laughs> he's got he's like one of the yeah he's an, he's a yeah I say, I say it a lot on the podcast but he is an incredible human being and like yeah I love I love I love them all I think they're just they're they're just a joy and Ema Kenny man I was going like, to say I want to talk about Ema Kenny as well because um I'm, I've got to have her on the podcast at some point soon I'm talking to people and she's just a beast in this she's so but again she's, she's a remarkable like again I mean I'm I'm just picking everyone up and but like she is a what a talent. What an yeah. incredible The second she talent. came on the screen, I felt I knew the oh. character. I've known the character for ages. I've known her for ages. She and, she did like yeah. a self... like To be like... You know, when, you, when you're doing something like this, you, you, you're you doing it for like... You know, hopefully we'll do this for a couple of years. And like when um when like you get all sent all these tapes of different people to do it, like... Because um, I know Rick quite well. And I know... I've known Ema for a while. And then like, yeah. Ema's name was... I thought, that's an interesting name to have in a mix and then watched her tape and I was like I know I you, like, James DeFrond texted yeah. me I was playing golf James DeFrond texted me and went have you seen Ema Kenny's tape right and I was like yeah like, I know Ema like me there we go. literally so I'm on a golf course group and I'm like throwing for these tapes I watch Ema's tape and I'm like wow fucking hell wow so in the group we're all like we, 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 we really really like Ema she's just like so when it comes to sort of coming in to read on the tape, you know, the proper audition with us all there, which is quite intimidating, you know, mm-hmm. you've got Steve, so we're, you know, we're all, we're all mates, we're all James, we're all fucking about a bit and we're, you know, as soon as you hit, like I go into character, everyone thinks it's a piss take and I'm, you know, because that voice isn't what you're expecting. That's what I, l- I love about it is it's, it's, it's on that edge of piss take and I've m- met guys like that. Yeah, no, so but it's, it's still in the reality. Fight. Yeah, I've done press for this, and they go, "Oh, yeah," but is it unrealistic? I was like, "You're looking at all the wrong places." Yeah, like yeah. I've grown up exactly. With my, like that this. was exactly my like, thought. I was know, like, "This is so." You'd have seen blokes like that down Millwall. You'd have yeah. seen like it's the 100%. guy who thinks he knows everything. Yeah, and like who's got all the fucking answers to every question in the world, like every question and every fucking problem in the world. He just hasn't got anything that he can do about it. Hundred you know, percent wants to hold court, even though he's got no yeah. right to be holding yeah. court and, at and all. That, yeah, and it's. Uh, <laughs> But so Ema comes into the room and I was like, in my, I remember just thinking, please just nail this. Cause that we've got to sell, you know, you, you've got to be sold to the channel. Right. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, man, she was just unflappable. And, but when, weirdly, when the, when she started doing the stuff with Sipa, like the chemistry stuff and the, like the scene in episode one, you know, when she's in bed with him and she's doing that bit and she's talking to him about, um, banana rama and, yeah. and like, you know, and it was just like the two of them. It was just like, yeah, oh, fuck. Because, you know, Sipa had to buy into it massively because it had to be someone like he's playing, you know, the, the wife of. And, but yeah, so so she was, from that moment, you're like, wow, she she's like, she that we found her type thing. Yeah. And from there, she just like, just blossomed, man. She just was like, her understanding of scripted narrative is just, you know, 
second to none, really. She just really understands how, sh- like, it sounds silly to say, but, like, how the show would work and, you know, how the arcs work and how the mm. different characters worked. And, like, unflappable when you're messing around with her. And, and like, I, I, this one thing I said to her, if we do it again, I want to do more scenes with, with her because I just think she's just, yeah. And, like, just as a writing talent and someone who's sort of, She's had like a really weird introduction to the industry. She's not had like, she's really worth talking to because she yeah. hasn't had this, you know, it's really been like a real, and it is that weird thing of like a real roller coaster of a sort of like, and now you're like, wow, fuck, she's, she's just about to ping. And invariably it happens at different times for different people. But yeah. she, she's, oh man, a real joy to be around as a human being, but like a seriously, seriously talented uh, lady. She's just amazing. Oh, wh- What's the plan going forward on the curse? Because from watching the first episode, it feels like it could be a contained story, like a, 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 a we wrap it all up in the series. Is there is there scope and plans oh, for man, it to yeah. be a continuing? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. I, I hope so. I, it's a weird one, screw, because it's always going to be down to how well it does. You know, yeah. Uh, you hope on you know. I've never hoped for anything I've done to to take as much as this. I really hope that people love it and fall in love with it. And because because the story is is you know the 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 world that we've 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 built here it, it it can go on and on and you know it's sort of we've got such lofty ambitions going forward for this this mm. show um, as a as a collective. And I think um, yeah I think when you when you finally watch episode six and I hope that will be uh, you can binge that on on Sunday. It, you'll see yeah. what see see the end is yeah it's sort of all left open and. What's beautiful is, you know, and I think we were really like all these characters really need to to move and grow like real people. You know, it's, we don't want anyone like with Mick. I think it that's the thing. I think like you can watch it and go, like, I think that's who he is. I think that's who she is. Whatever. And I think they every, every one of them sort of grows and surprises. And I think it's um it's a really you know it's a really special piece as well because not to get too political, but you're like. You're making something that's set in the eighties, the early eighties, but you're making it in a climate where actually it's like it feels like fuck, it's we're we're back here again. You yeah. Know? We spent you know, as I was saying from the late nineties, we spent so long, you know, progressing as you know, human beings, being more tolerant and being more sort of like open and, and the gulf between what was the working classes and the upper classes seemed to get that little bit smaller. They didn't they didn't seem to be, you know. And it seems like wow, fucking hell, we're in two thousand twenty one and we're we're making something that seems seems to sort of like it sort of almost feels like more like now in a sense we're sort of like yeah you know, the racial intolerance the sort of like sexism you know the sort of toxic masculinity the sort of things that you know you we, we hoped almost that we were sort of getting a little bit of a a grip on and that's that's yeah. it, you know easy for me to say as a as a guy who sort of sits here and sort of like you know I, I hope that we were growing as human beings but it was it was kind of that was the weird thing about making it was was just that sort of yeah. It, and, and making it in, in Liverpool as well, which was like, you sort of feel actually out of everywhere, like the people you talk to and the sort of, like we, we, um, we had like anti Thatcher, um, uh, graffiti put in like around, like, you know, uh, and people were coming up and going, oh, that can fucking steam east. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, of course. Yeah, it was like really, and, and, and what a city to film it in. It was like an incredible place. And like, they were like, yeah, they took us all to their hearts. It was a real, like, um, yeah, it was a real special thing filming that there. I love it. I love to hear it. I want to, uh, you know, obviously we've only got a limited amount of time and as I said, there's been a lot happening since we spoke in 2015. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, and it might be a bit of both, but what do you prefer or what's better for you, kind of, your mental health? These 
gigs where you're all over everything you're producing you're you're maybe writing you're acting all the ones like like a Paddington or something amazing like Prevenge I loved and and the more you ignore me I loved but they're they're definitely ones that you can probably you turn up and you do your job and you fuck off home you know <laughs> and there's kind of a beauty in that at times so um, is it a balance of the two or you know is it yeah, more I just want to work on stuff that's 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 you you want to work on stuff that's good yeah like that's the first thing and, and you want to work like Prevenge is I think the only job ever where I heard it announced I heard what Alice was doing yeah and I reached out and said please give me a part like yeah. I've never done that before but I heard I heard I was he's just like I'm a massive fan of Alice I think she's yeah, she's amazing just like like that's the thing I, I learned more from Alice like, like every time when you're working and you're on set and you're tired or whatever and just having a baby and just filming at the moment I always think every time I'm going to go off or tired I think of Alice doing Revenge like you know she's like written it she's directed it she's a lead character she's doing her own stunts yeah yeah then you i just i just give myself a slap with like an alice low sort of like well well, like we had two days on set together at the end of last year and exactly as you say the amount i learned in those two days i love doing the job but the sitting around waiting was some of my favorite because just chatting to to Alice over over lunch in between takes was just mate it's 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 some of the best stuff it's like you know when I think of Paddington and I look back at Paddington too, I think of like, and I treasure being in that film. And, and like, I think that's the other thing to be said. It's like, you know, I love working. If, if, if I have a preferred thing is I love working with James DeFond. He's my best mate mm-hmm. in the world. I love sitting with him. I love, you know, now we're at a time where we're breaking down the next thing and the next ideas and we've done scripts and we're, and that, like, that's like, he, I treasure like Godfather to his kids, you know, his uncle yeah. James to mine, like, best man at my wedding. You know, he's 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 my family. You know, and and like, to, to sit with him and and do that is and and for us for our rise, you know, people when we made Murder and Successful that first series, both of us had been for a real tough time. Like I was sleeping, like me and my wife, who's now my wife, were sleeping in my parents, like on you know basically like in there. I can put you up. You know, he just had a baby. We we're, we're struggling, man. Like he, you know, we had no income coming in. Murder and successful was it. You know, when I say like that show changed my life, I'm not talking. You know, it was literally if that didn't work, I'd have had to go back to the building site, and he yeah. would have had to look at something completely different. We were bumping a train to get in. So the rise of that is like you know that builds a brotherhood that's stronger than anything. You know, so yeah, I mean nothing beats like the place where we are at the moment is just like you know curse two or what we're going to do next with, with Ken Gary or, you know, whatever, what, like what, where the next road takes us, but also like thinking, Oh shit. Well, you know, we've written this Western and it's like this, this thing and it's starting to grab the pace and, you know, your execs on fucking murder. But yeah, all this different stuff is like happening and you're like, and that's the thing I cherish because it's that friendship that's, but then working on different stuff where you're working with really good people is like, you know, I'm working with Paul King again and it's like, Paul's just, just a, amazing director like he's yeah. just like so giving such a lovely man and and and, and you know you say about like Paddington 2 is like my some of my happiest memories were just sitting around I was, I was like, for the longest time second longest time I've done a job with Jamie Dimitri yeah. and like Jamie's yeah. like like one of my I love Jay I think he's so brilliant and so talented and I just like you know we'd sit and make stupid raps up and fuck about in our trailers <laughs> and like and just like that was a real time I cherish with with, with working with Jay you know yeah. And I think they're the things of like if you can work with people who are good, it's always gonna like bring the best side of you out. It's it's like don't get me wrong, I've done stuff where I go fucking hell, like like I've never done a job and I've turned a lot of work down from like never financially being a thing that I've ever 
judged a job on. I've always thought, is it going to make me better? Am I going to grow from this? Yeah. Like there's things now where I look at and go, I don't necessarily think I'm suited for panel shows particularly, or I'm suited to doing stuff as like, you know, as myself all the time. It's like doing press is fun, but it's like, you it's know. realisations, isn't it, mate? Yeah. I've, I've, I've had that in recent years and the amount of, of game shows and panel shows I've turned down because I'm now at a point where I was like, right, I'm well up for being on screen. Like yeah. that's my plan for the rest of my life, acting yeah, yeah, yeah. and writing and directing. Yeah, yeah. But I want to be on screen for shit that I've worked hard on and that, you know, yeah. I, I, I want a reason to be there rather than just be there as a booking. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it's, and it's a real battle you have to fight with yourself. And it's like, I look at it constantly of like, I wanted to try and do stuff and, and like coming up because like stand up was the first thing I'd done. And then you're like, right, you, you know, you sort of do more panel shows. And it like really like last year, I sort of had to realize, I thought, I don't feel like it's the best version of me coming across. And I don't really like, I, I'm at mercy to sort of the edit and it's someone yeah. else's edit and it's someone else's. And that's fine if you're in a film and like, you know, you, we, we're all going to do that. You'll do that. You, I'll do that when you're in a movie and someone does to call you, make that hard call and go, mate, your part's been reduced quite because it's not linked to story or this thing didn't work or that thing. That's fine. But when you're doing that as you, it's like kind of, it's quite, can be quite crushing. And I think like, you know, when you, when you look at the one thing like, you know, now I have a child and I have, you know, I want to do more with a wolf now. I want to do more like, you know, I was getting back into standard stand up as COVID hit. So there's things where I'm like, they're the thing, you know, and I, I want to write and I want to act and I want to do more characters that, you know, but also I want to work with, with people like yourself, I want to go out and do, I want to film good stuff that yeah. I believe in. And yeah. time is, time is sacred. You know, it, it feels like a hot skip and a jump ago. It feels like no time at all since COVID hit, right? Yeah. But we're three yeah. years and it will be three years down the line soon enough, right? And boom, in those three years, it's like, that's that's just gone. That's, that's, that's three years that have just been taken out of all of our lives. And like, I think the repercussions of that, at the moment, it's really easy just to go, oh, we can get back in a pub or we can get back in a, like, you know, your whatever like a nightclub or you might be able to go and get a coffee of a pound sit inside that's that's a real small part of it but the repercussions of what three years of like your time means like f- for any age whether you're a toddler whether you're a pensioner three years has been taken and those three you know they will look back and go fuck what could i accomplish then mate i've i i try not to think about it because that's the thing that makes me panic at the moment because scripts i'm writing and stuff like that i'm like am I getting too old to play these characters that I've been slaving over and trying to get made because of this big, this three-year period? You should never wait because I bang. think if it's right for you to do it, it's right for you yeah, to do. Yeah, 100%. And like, you know what? It's like finding a way as well. That's the thing that you find with like, like the curse was just the thing of like, just finding that, that perfect marriage of who you're going to be. And yeah. it's like from, from the moment we, you know, we started talking about it, I sort of thought, all right, this is like the look like I was fortunate I worked with Jodie Williams, who's just a phenomenal makeup artist, and, and yeah. like you know, but it, it, it's like, yeah, I, I don't I don't think you should worry about that sort of side of it too much. I think it's more like it's just charity. You know, hopefully we all grew a little bit. I think that's the yeah. only thing you can take away. I think as human as, as yourself, did you grow? Did you do you come out of it? And do you think like, oh, actually, you know, I know a little bit more about this, or I'm a little bit better with that. Yeah, like you know, but it's um, man, but you're like someone that. I'd love to fucking work out collab with. I think there's something like you know, you know, fucking. Uh, it's probably not for for now, but it's like no, and like I sound like I'm just sucking your dick a little. But um, no, no. We're, again, no, no. It's, it, you guys were one of the first people I wanted to, to talk to when I started working on scripts. Because as you know, not only do I love successful and stuff like that, exactly as you said about Sepa, and I think 
if you look at that kind of that that BBC Three Golden Boys oh, to me, it's you guys. It's people just man, do nothing. It's man like Mobine because yeah. it's it's looking at these people as well though the ones that I look at and go right. I also know these lads have done this off their own back and yeah, they've not had m- m- money and they come from working class places and like when I did my music I've I've told this numerous times when Thou Shout came out it was that being successful or I'm back working in retail I didn't yeah, have yeah. a full I didn't have a backup plan I didn't have a, a rich family to, yeah, to to back me up or anything so seeing those shows all jump out at me as these are shows made by people who had no option of it not succeeding. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It not succeeding was not on the table. It, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a drive it, that you it, can't... It, it works or, you know, yeah. there's no other option. And it is a weird thing, isn't it? Because it's like, I spent so long, like, working in that world as you did, like, and, and, and like, it's it's a really easy thing, like, to, to go back and, like, I, I still see mates that I work with back in the sites and, like, there were tight, like like I said, like a lot of learning is done there, and a lot of you know. But also, it's like like I was an awful, so I was a terrible scaffolder, right? I was a, I, <laughs> all of them. Was, I'll see them in the pub and go, "You weren't a fucking scaffolder, mate. You was you was a fucking labourer at best." Do you know what I mean? Uh, sounds like rubbish, but um, uh, but they'd all you know. But I think the thing that propelled weirdly now, and this is a really is like a, the sense of like actually you know what you've made stuff that they're like because successful was like fucking mad and it was really weird but it was that side of me that had been sort of hiding for like you know that sort of like weird fucking night. I love that we've not touched upon your most successful show, amazing <laughs> series after series. It's fucking brilliant and I it's a weird one because it's, it's it's yeah, but it's a strange <laughs> thing within our industry because I think it's like like when we were asked to sort of do we want to do this do you want to try and do a mainstream thing it was like something I'd, I'd probably thought about doing oh you know I'll probably do in a couple of years because I remember t- talking to you a, a little bit about it yeah. at the time and being like right I need to make sure if I'm doing a mainstream thing it's something we can do it in a way I'm proud of yeah, and yeah. it doesn't and feel like it's a oh I'm just they're throwing some money at me make that do you know no, what I, mean? I mean it was never <laughs> like anything we do we never got a lot of money for it but yeah. we like but it had to keep the sensibilities of sort of what me and James believe is like the sort of comedy style, but it was sort of like going from sort of making like murder and successful, which was all sort of like, you know, is what it is. And, and, you know, it was a sort of this cult hit and, and then action team, I think where people could see what we were trying to do. And like, you know, that was on a real shoestring budget, you know, it's still, I'm so proud that we managed to pull that together for that, for that budget. And if I go back, I go, fuck, I just wish I knew a little bit more now what I knew then. Not that I can kick myself too much, but I just wish that I'd been a bit more concise with the storytelling Mm -hmm. and I hadn't tried to force too much in. But with King Gary, it was like, if we're going to do this. It's the exact development of every album I did. Like Each album went on, I was like, oh, I don't need to fit a thousand words into every, oh, every mate, fucking it's, it's, verse i can i can have uh you know economy of words economy of, of oh, time mate, it's and such all this a kind simple thing. thing but it's something that we you learn as you go on you don't yeah. need this you, like the best part of mine and james's script writing process now is when you go through and go chop the chop, chop, yeah. chop chop <laughs> chop 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 <laughs> don't need don't need never going to be seen yeah. just going to be a waste of a day's filming Love um it. but but so so yeah with king gary it was like a thing where we're we're sort of like right they really, the BBC, I can't speak highly enough of them, gave us the sort of, the creative sort of free freedom to go and make saying how we wanted to make it and, and how we, we, we sort of believed that we could sort of do. And it is, out of everything I've done, it's by far the hardest. It's because, you know, 
you know, on the, you can't swear. You have to be, you know, you, this has to be saying that hopefully the whole family are going to watch that yeah. from kids to pension, you know, you have to, and it has to be real from, from the, you know, it felt like a real, or it feels like when you're writing something like that, you, you're going to always have like, this is, this is made for the people about the people who are going to be watching it. You know, hopefully no one from like who's involved in sort of bank robbery, you know, maybe the old arm robber will watch the curse just go, yeah, Oh yeah, yeah it was yeah, a bit yeah. like that. But, and you know, no spies are going to watch action team. And I don't think many policemen got many tips off murder and success field. <laughs> uh, actually some of them fucking probably did judging by, uh, um, some of the investigations we've seen yeah, of late, but, um, <laughs> but, but with King Gary, you're like, right, these, every storyline has to be something like the skip or the Mickey drips. It has to be something that people go, Oh shit, I know that. It was mm. almost like it gives you sort of more, you know, not it sounds ridiculous to say, but it's just like someone like Peter Kay and Peter Kay stand up or it, you have to have like a, a bit where people can touch base with it and go, Oh, that's how, you know, and that to write what we've done, what 15 episodes of like, as it stands, we've done 15 episodes of that. And it's just like, it's, it's very taxing. It takes a lot of time because you have to be finding stuff constantly. Like, you know, fucking hell man, murder and successful is a flight of fancy. You've got Kanye yeah. West as like a fucking like, yeah. you know, uh, a prince of like you know <laughs> who's coming to town or like fucking <laughs> whatever like you know Miley Cyrus is and these that takes something but you are in a world of flight of fancy yeah you know the curse you're taking many different ways and you're, you're writing and, a thriller and, and the other thing with King Gary again is you have to be writing it with that warmth that you're yeah. not mocking anyone and you're not no, do you know no. what I mean again it's exactly like I spoke to Hugo and Cipher about with 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 people just do nothing of it was clear that. This is written. Obviously, we're laughing at Grinder and Beats yeah, yeah. and everyone, but it's clear that it's written by those people as well. But you know what I mean? By people from that world, yeah. And that's but, what King Gary has. It feels like it's written by those yeah. people. It's not going. Oh, look at these. No, but know, and I think that's, that's we, we've had that problem before, where you watch sort of stuff that's been written, you know, by someone who sort of you know when I first got into this industry a lot of parts that I get sent were written by someone who, who had no idea you know and it would often be like yeah. paying a, a builder or something and it would make my blood boil when I used to read these fucking parts it genuinely yeah, feel like this sort of sneery way of portraying the working man and I think that was just one of the things of like the multi layers that we put into that but it's a strange thing though Screw because when you make that a show for BBC One that's a, a mainstream sitcom it's a different thing from everything else it's a different like already now like the reaction within our industry to the curse is like what it was to action team or what it was to murder successful because they feel that actually oh that's more of a challenge but king gary was was something that you know i'm immensely proud of because i I can look there and go you know it it, even like with my stand my stand-up was never something where it was like it was always a bit weird or surreal like you listen to me on the podcast i'm not a guy who's sitting there you know i'll always go on a flight of fancy so to make something that sits there but but still, we held dear to those sensibilities. You know, me and James are just, yeah, we, 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 we're very, very proud of it. It's, but it's just, it's like the, it's like, yeah, when you look at right, like series two of the curse, or when you write, like, you know, you can go anywhere with anything, right? And with Gary, you're like, okay, now we've got to find six more things to write about that are, um, that people are going to collect, connect with straight away. And, and like, where do you take these two characters that people have, man, people fell in love, you know, and, you know, it would be a miss of me not to talk about, like, you know, Laura Checkley is, 
just fucking incredible. Like, you know, absolutely from astounding. When we, we did a thing called Wasteman many moons ago, and she came into the audition room, and I just fell in love with her as a human being. But as an actress, she went to, to come full, full circle. She went on Stu Whiffin's MMA podcast. He does oh, really. A, a Blake she knows Harrison. Blake well. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And it was yeah. just it's fantastic because they did a they have a section on there called Fight or Flight where they get someone who's not into MMA to yeah, watch yeah. a specific fight. And then see how they feel about it. Oh, all. really? Yeah. And she was fantastic on that. But yeah, she's, she's, she's amazing. She's, she's amazing. She's a she's a brilliant actress and, and a, even you know just a lovely person. But um, but you know Camille Kaduri and Simon Day. It was like that. Yeah, you know, you're sort of you're working with these people, and it, and like I think what what really meant a lot is that people just took that family to their art. So when you're out and about, it's sort of like you know. And at first I was like, oh, you know, because it's very. Essex centric, it's very M25, Hertfordshire, da 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 centric. And I thought, you know, would it? And, you know, when we were up in Liverpool, people loved it. Manchester, it feels like it just, it struck a, it has struck a chord with people. But it's, it's also, it's one of those things where you're like, I, I don't know, like, do you know Matt Morgan at all? Do you know Matt? Matt Morgan? No, no, no. I, so, I, yeah. I know, I know of yeah, him, obviously. So I know he, he was all sort the of had a bit of a worked with. J- joke and, and like, even, there's like, you know, with Murder and Successful after like, Series three, when like we that was probably the most well by far it was the most successful series, mm. and then we were like, well, we're not going to do it. We, we don't want to do it. We've got to as far as we can get to this. I think it's like I'm I've, I've a real obsession with like like I say time, and it's like what can you do next, and what's the other things you can do, and you never want to get into a position like when I go back and I watch you know the best sitcoms that like I'm a, like a comedy nerd. And when I can go back and watch stuff, I always think like, you don't want to be straining stuff out and going, Oh, that doesn't feel like it was as good as it was in Mate, series two or series one. I, and like, you know, I couldn't yeah. relate more. I'm a, I'm a fucker for walking away from things. Like yeah. I, I want to leave things on top. It's why I stopped yeah, music when I did. It's why I stopped my club night when I did all these different things. I'm yeah. like, right now I think we, I think we're done on this. I think we want to go and do and focus on something else now. And yeah, I think man. it's a really, hard discipline to uh, to learn because it can get comfortable as you say if yeah. something's going well and i think as well it's it's a really weird thing of like you you want to push yourself you want to you yeah. want to push your you know as a writer as a producer as an actor yeah i think it's just important to sort of always have that eye on what you're going to do next like, and like i learned that the hard way from early on in this industry thinking oh right you're going to do I had a show in with Channel 4. It looked like it was going to go to a series. It didn't. And I didn't have a fallback. I just said, like, mm. that show. And then from there, you learn. You need you need plates that are juggling. But also just, yeah. just for yourself, you know? Yeah, I think yours, to fulfill who, who you want to be. And I think that's in, in you know, I think I said this to studio. I can't remember. I've done so many interviews. But I think <laughs> in, in in life, you want to you want to pick things that you can try and excel at just for growth. Like, whether it's learning a language or learning starting to play golf or going to learn you know mma or you know um brazilian jiu-jitsu whatever you're going to do or like just like learn to sew like my, my missus as a thing started sewing as a hobby and now she's making fucking wedding dresses and you know she learned she learned she's self-taught and like yeah. there's something that's really really important i think about all of us is growth i think like the thing that i, I sort of found myself and we talk again talk about it but like you slip into a world where you're just sat on your phone and every yeah. every second is just a second wasted where you could just be going. That's like with golf. It was like I became obsessed and I would go out and play and I'd go to the driving range and it was like, that's better. That It's better than I'm learning now. Or it's, it's like I'll sit and I'll, I'll I'll read the script to Bridesmaids and I'll go, yeah. how's that worked? And I'll, I'll watch it at the same time yeah, and go, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that got yeah, cut yeah. out. That's improv. That, how did the hook of this bit come in? 
So it's like Love constantly it. trying to sort of find a way that you can, you know, and, and I, that's, that, that's easy to do if you're like, you, you know, if you're creative or you're like, you know, but actually I think just in life, it's a really good thing to have in your, in your back pocket, you know, to be able to just do something. What I've realized really late on life is that oh, fucking hell, apart from drinking, I haven't really got any other talents. I'm great in the pub. I'm like, and I'm a really average, you know, my back's starting to give up. I'm not, I'm an average labourer. <laughs> I need another string to this bow because at some yeah. point, even my back or my liver's going to give up. As soon as I, all yeah. those interviews started looping around, you, you got word from the boys that you weren't as good a labourer as you thought you were anyway. So you've lost that one off you. You've lost off, the kudos there. So you've got to try and find something that, that as a human being you can grow and, and you can evolve. I think. I think that's an important thing. Well, that's the perfect note to end on because since the last time we sat down almost seven years ago to talk on distraction pieces, watching your growth on screen, on all the things you're producing and fucking adding you as a mate has been an absolute fucking joy, man. man. So I can't wait to see the next seven years and beyond. And let's make sure in seven years we're talking about a project we're working on together. 100%, 100%. My guy. (laughs) You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Tom Davis. If 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 you didn't check out Tom Davies last week, go and check that one out, man. It will surprise you. If you're not familiar with Geo Wizard, aka Tom Davies, then you're in for a treat. Um, the amount of messages I got going, man, I'm now ad- addicted to this dude's um, output. Yeah, it's good. Um, and as I said, go back and, ch- and check out that early Tom Davies. The easiest way to do it is in whatever podcast app you're in. Search distraction pieces and then the name of who you want to to listen to. In this instance, Tom Davis or Tom Davies, either of them. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'll be back next week with, I think I'm going to do a double episode next week, a, th- a Wednesday and, and Friday again. Um, in fact, I'll give you a little sneak preview because there's, there's some of the excellent episodes I've been recording. I think next week I'm going to release the chat I've done with Lucy Pinder and the chat I've done with Beth Granville. And they're both really interesting chats. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be next week. If I change it, don't get too mad at me. There's a reason I really give you a heads up on when episodes are coming out, because I change my mind a lot. Anyway, this has been the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip. Until next week, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.